0: It's great to be with you this morning on this Mother's Day. I hope that um, everybody has either called their mom or is planning on calling their mom or some way of recognizing your mom this morning to let her know how much you appreciate her. As we get started, I want to do what we've been doing almost every Sunday. We've been giving Project 6K updates We've been letting you know how we are progressing towards our goal of reading at least 6,000 books of the Bible in 2016 here at Netherwood Park. And today, to date, we have read 3,566 books of the Bible. We're in the second week um, of May and we're well on our way. So keep reading, keep reporting, and we'll be ready to celebrate when we reach that 6K point, sometime well before the end of the year, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do after that. But good job. Keep it up. Let's pray together. Father, this is a day where we are very mindful of the moms who are among us. And, Father, we just pray a special blessing on all of them. And, Father, we just pray that you will help us to be children who... Evidence the the very best that children can be. Father, help us to be children who bring glory and joy to you. Bring glory to your name and honor to your name. Father, that's the kind of children that we want to be. And Father, today as we talk about joy, about complete joy, just pray, Father, that this will be a place where complete joy can be found. We pray this through the name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Well, in, in the weeks leading up to Mother's Day, I've been really kind of paying special attention to the moms among us. And you know what? There are moms everywhere you look among us. Um, there's all kinds of relationships here that I really hadn't thought about till I really kind of started paying attention to how many moms and children there are in our congregation. In my own family, Kathy worships here with her mom, and I worship here with my mom, and Kathy worships here with her two sons and our daughter-in-law worships here with her should I mention my grandson of course I'm going to mention my grandson James it it goes lots of different ways just in our family and there are a lot of those kind of relationships here at Netherwood Park and I've been watching our moms interacting with their children And some of those moms are interacting with babies, and some of those moms are interacting with their babies who are 60-plus years old. And moms are interacting with their children at all different ages. And I want you to know that this church, this body at Netherwood Park, is full of great moms. Full of godly moms who are raising and who have raised their children to follow in the steps of our Lord Jesus Christ. Another way to talk about it is Netherwood Park is full of moms who are equipping and who have equipped their children to follow in the steps of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I want us to take just a moment to express our appreciation to all of our moms. And we can do this. We can let our moms know how much we appreciate them. Thank you, moms, and may God richly bless you all. Well, today we're going to talk about joy. We're going to talk about complete joy. We're going to talk about lasting joy. We're going to talk about joy that completely fills up hearts. We're going to talk about what kind of church brings complete and lasting joy to those who love the church. We're going to talk about what kind of body fills with joy the hearts of those who love the body. And I'm going to do that first by talking about my mom, talking about Wilma Lane. Many of you know my mom, and you know my mom um, in different ways and different relationships. But most of you who know my mom know that I have a great mom. She's selfless, she's generous, she's loving, and she is loyal. But you may not know this about my mom my mom can also be extremely frustrating. She's not here, so she'll get to hear that in the next service. She can be extremely frustrating, especially when you're trying to buy her a gift, when you're trying to buy or do something for her. Extremely frustrating at Christmas time and at birthday time and especially at Mother's Day. When my brothers and I were growing up, we had an annual conversation with my mom that went something like this. Mom, what would you like for Mother's Day? And every year, my mom would reply in essentially the same way. She'd say to us, she'd look us in the eyes and say, I just want you boys to get along. Now, we weren't bad kids. In fact, we were pretty good kids. But asking a 10-year-old boy and a 12-year-old boy and a 14-year-old boy to just get along with their brothers, that's asking for a lot. In fact, to us, it seemed completely unrealistic Flowers, we could do that. Chocolate, no problem. We can buy that. But get along, that seemed like crazy talk. I wanted to look my mom in the eye and say, you can't be serious. But my mom was completely serious because that was her heart's desire. Her heart's desire was for the three people that she loved the most. Don't tell my dad I said that. But the three people she loved the most, her three sons... To love each other like she loved them. And she knew that if we loved each other like she loved us, we would just get along. And my mom didn't have anything against flowers, she didn't have anything against chocolate, and she graciously accepted those gifts from her boys. But my mom's heart desire wasn't for a temporary feeling of happiness. Her heart's desire wasn't for the kind of happiness that you get from a bouquet of flowers or from a box of chocolates. Instead, what my mom was looking for, what her heart's desire was for the joy that she already felt in us, the joy she already felt in her children to be completely filled up. To be completely filled up by the way we loved each other, by the way we treated each other. She just wanted us to get along. She wanted her joy in us to be complete. And she gave us reasons why we should just get along, and those reasons also used to drive us crazy. See, she didn't say that we should get along because we would be punished if we didn't get along, even though I can remember frequently, we did get punished because we didn't get along. And she didn't say we should get along because we would be rewarded if we would just get along, although... I can't remember any times. I'm sure that we did sometimes get rewarded when we did just get along. Now what my mom said was that we should get along because of who we were. She said we should get along because of our identity. She said we should get along because of our relationships. My mom said that we should get along because family matters. See what my mom was saying was that lanes just don't act that way she was saying children of Wesley and Wilma Lane shouldn't act that way what she was saying was that other children may act that way but my children don't act that way and she was also saying that brothers brothers that truly love each other brothers who truly care about each other brothers who want the best for each other They won't treat each other like that. Lanes get along with each other. Brothers don't treat each other like that. My joy will be complete if you boys will just get along. And that brings us to today's text. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. We'll be in Philippians chapters 1 and 2. There's something you need to know about this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. This is probably the most personal, it's probably the most affectionate letter that Paul ever wrote to any church. He loves the Philippians. His love and affection for the Philippians infuses every word that he wrote to them. When you get a letter that starts out like this letter... You have no doubt that the person writing it loves you. And Paul loved the church in Philippi. Just listen to some of the words that Paul wrote. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 3. He said, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now being confident in this that he who began a work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And then he says in verse 7, it is right for me to feel this way about you since i have you in my heart. For whether i am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in god's grace with me. And god himself can testify how i long for all of you with the affection Of Christ Jesus. I thank my God every time I remember you. I always pray with joy because of our relationship. I have you in my heart. I long for you. Philippians is a love letter from Paul to his beloved spiritual children who are in Philippi. And like my mom, Paul also had a wish for his children. See, if the church in Philippi had asked Paul what he wanted, maybe what he wanted for Father's Day, it would have sounded a lot like what my mom wanted from her boys. Listen to Paul's heart's desire in chapter 2 and verse 1. He says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you have any comfort from his love, if you have any fellowship with the Spirit, if you have any tenderness and compassion Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, by having the same love, by being one in spirit and purpose. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Do nothing out of vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. And then he says this, he says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Do you hear what Paul is saying to his children? Do you hear what Paul's wish is for his children? In effect, Paul is saying, I just want you boys and girls to get along. Paul loves the Philippians. Paul finds joy in the Philippians. But Paul wants his joy to be complete in the Philippians. His heart's desire was for the joy that he had in his children to be completely filled up. Completely filled up by the way they treated each other. And the reasons that Paul offers for why his spiritual children should just get along are going to sound very familiar. See, he didn't say that they should just get along because they would be punished. If they didn't get along. And he didn't say that they should just get along because they'll be rewarded if they do get along. And what Paul did say was that they should get along because of who they were. Should say he said they should get along because of their identity. He said they should get along because of their relationships. Paul said they should just get along because family matters. See, what Paul is saying is, Christians don't act that way. He's saying, children of God don't act that way. He's saying that other children may act that way, but God's children don't act that way. He was also saying that brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters who love each other, brothers and sisters who care about each other, brothers and sisters who want the best for each other, won't treat each other like that Christians get along with each other brothers and sisters don't treat each other like that Paul says my joy will be complete if you boys and girls will just get along so we have to wonder what was going on in the Philippian family what was going on in the body of Christ at Philippi What were they doing to each other? How were they behaving that Paul wanted stopped? How were they treating each other that wasn't Christ-like? Well, Paul really didn't spell it out for them. And I think the reason that Paul didn't spell it out for them is Paul was much more concerned about the why of their behavior than he was about the what or how of their behavior. See, Paul knows that there's only one way for the for the Philippians to just get along with each other. And the only way is for them to change their attitudes toward each other. So Paul focuses on three specific attitudes that must change, that must be changed in order for the the Philippians to just get along with each other. Paul focuses on these three specific attitudes that must be changed in order for the Philippians to make his joy complete. And it probably doesn't surprise us that the first attitude that he says that must be changed is their selfish attitude. Why can't they just get along? Well, they can't just get along because they're selfish They can't just get along because their behavior is driven by their individual desires. They can't just get along because they don't desire what is best for the family, and they don't desire what is best for their brother or best for their sister. Instead, they desire what's best for them and them individually. So, Paul's joy isn't complete because they have selfish desires. This joy also isn't complete because they are conceited, because they have an overinflated sense of their own importance. They can't just get along because their individual behavior is driven by what makes them look good, driven by what makes them look important, driven by what makes them look superior to their brothers and sisters. So instead of seeking to build up the body, instead they seek to inflate themselves. Instead of seeking to build up their brother or their sister, they work to inflate themselves. See, Paul's joy isn't complete. It isn't complete because they have selfish attitudes and because they have conceited attitudes and also because they have self-interested attitudes. They can't just get along because their individual behavior is driven by what enriches them. Even if that comes at the expense of the rest of the body. Even if that comes at the expense of a brother or even if that comes at the expense of a sister. And So Paul's writing to remind them that Christians aren't like that. Christians don't have selfish attitudes. Christians don't have conceited attitudes. Christians don't have self-interested attitudes. Paul's writing to remind them of who they are. Paul's writing to them to encourage them to remember their identity. And that identity isn't rooted in selfishness. And that identity isn't rooted in conceit, and that identity isn't rooted in self interest. Instead, their identity is rooted in Jesus Christ. Instead, their identity is rooted in the cross. And when they aren't just getting along, it's because they've moved away from their identity. It's because they've moved away from Jesus Christ. It's because they've moved away from the cross. And I'm here this morning to tell you that I think that we as a church here at Netherwood Park should sit up, we should listen up, and we should pay attention to what Paul is saying to the church in Philippi. And I think that we should sit up and listen up and pay attention because I think the church in Philippi is an awful lot like the church at Netherwood Park. See, the church in Philippi was a good church, and so are we. The church in Philippi was a stable church, and so are we. The church in Philippi was a generous church, and so are we. The church in Philippi was a church that brought great joy to others, and so are we. But they were also a church that sometimes had to be reminded that they needed to just get along. And sometimes so do we. They were a church that sometimes needed to be reminded that Christians don't act like that. And so do we. And they were a church that sometimes needed to be reminded that brothers and sisters don't treat each other like that. And so do we. And so the solution that Paul offered to the church in Philippi is the solution that I offer to us this morning. It's a solution that's rooted in Jesus Christ. It's a solution that's rooted in the cross. It's a solution that's rooted in the suffering servant. It's a solution that's rooted in the Messiah who humbled himself and died. Died a death on a cross to bring life to us. It's because of Jesus Christ on the cross that we don't treat each other like that. It's because of Jesus on the cross that we don't act like other children. It's because of Jesus on the cross that we don't treat each other like other brothers and sisters treat each other. It's because of Jesus on the cross that we just get along. See, because of Jesus Christ on the cross, our family must be a place of encouragement instead of a place of discouragement. Because of Jesus on the cross, our family must be a place of comfort, instead of a place of torment. Because of Jesus on the cross, our family must be a place of tenderness and compassion, instead of a place of hostility or aggression. Because of Jesus on the cross, our family must be a place of love, instead of a place of indifference, Because of Jesus on the cross, our family must be a place that's filled with a different attitude. Instead of attitudes of selfishness and conceit and self-interest, it's a place where we must have the attitude of Jesus Christ. We must have the attitude of Jesus Christ, who, being in very nature God, Did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing. He took on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's why we just get along. We get along because we adopt the attitude of Christ and we humble ourselves for the sake of our brothers and sisters, even if it kills us. And with at that attitude, then we are a body, then we are a church which brings complete joy. Complete joy with the attitude of the Christ who brought true joy. We'll be a body that looks like this. We'll be a a body that has eyes that are always looking out. Always looking out for the needs of others. We'll be a body that has hearts and minds that are empty of self. But are full of others. We'll be a body that has mouths that speak. But speak loving truths to others. We'll be a body that has ears, ears that listen to the concerns of others. And we'll be a body with hands, hands that are constantly serving others. We'll be a body that just gets along. We'll be a body that makes joy complete. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and I want you to respond to me, and I'll stand up here until you do respond to me. Is that the kind of body you want to be? Thank you, Scott. Let me ask the rest of the people. Is that the kind of body you want to be? Is that the kind of church you want to be? I'm glad that we are on the same page. But I want to remind us, that if that's the kind of body we're going to be, if that's the kind of church we're going to be, we must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death. Death on a cross. That's the attitude we must have. So now I'm going to ask us to do something that's going to make us very uncomfortable. And I would apologize for that, but I don't think it's wrong, so I'm not going to apologize. I'm going to ask everybody to stand up first. I'm going to draw a imaginary line right down the middle, and if it hits you like in the nose, you move to one side or the other. I'm going to ask all the people on this side of of the imaginary line to face that way, all the people on this side of the imaginary line to face this way, and we're going to say three loving truths to each other. And since these are loving truths, I don't want anybody pointing any fingers as they say that. Three loving truths to each other. So the first loving truth that I want us to say to each other is this. So listen first and then repeat it. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. So say that to your brothers and sisters. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Now I want you to do this. Look at your brothers and sisters and say, I... I must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Let's try that again. I must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And now let's talk about we. Let's talk about us as a group. And say we must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Here we go. We must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. May God bless you for saying those three truths to each other. David, let's sing.